0: no pain. three, four, all Miracles, all miracles, a miracles. Howdy, folks, I want to welcome you to another episode of Life Around the Fire. My name is David Hutari and I'll be your host today. We are a podcast that is devoted to spiritual growth. And when I'm talking about spiritual growth, What I'm referring to is growth in our relationship with God and in our relationships with one another. What we're going to do today in this episode is take a look at a statement that Jesus made in a time where there was so much political pressure that the people that were living in that area that Jesus was referring to when he made these statements they felt like they were going to explode. There was this heavy pressure that was on this group of Middle Eastern people, Israelites, Jewish people, heavy, heavy, heavy pressure from Rome. The Roman Empire was the one in control, and they were a degraded, strong-fisted, heavy-handed, very evil empire, And they were the ones that were in charge. The Roman Empire was large and in charge, baby. And then the people, the common folks, people like me, people like, probably like you, people like us, the common folks, they had the pressure coming up from a religious group of people. The Pharisees, the scribes, Sadducees, these people that made up a very political religious group of people. And they were putting the squeeze on the people. And so the place was a pressure cooker of anxiety, (laughs) to say the least. People were living with that in the atmosphere all the time. You know how you can walk into a room and you can feel the tension? Well, you can walk into a country and feel the tension. There was tension all over the country. And when Jesus made this statement that we're going to look at today, it sounded fantastic. It sounded like, okay, yeah, in a perfect world, but not in this one. He said, blessed, meaning to be envied, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Now, he may as well have said, pigs can fly, and they're going to do it on Tuesday. When he made the declaration that there's a blessing on the peacemakers because they're going to be called children of God, the tension that was in that area politically alone was full of strife, let alone economically, let alone in a family environment, let alone in places where people were just interpersonal, neighbors. I mean, it was tense, man. And Jesus is saying, the people that are peacemakers are blessed because they're going to be called children of God. It's like, yeah, right, who's that going to be? Who, <laughs> who around here is going to fit that bill? And Jesus is looking right at the people who are going to do it. That's you and that's me. By and large, people that have a common background meaning we haven't come from a lot of wealth maybe we've even come from hard times but we have been kind of like in the middle where we are in common with a lot of people so the common folks are feeling what we were describing as tension and then some and Jesus is saying from you are going to be developed peacemakers. And that word that he uses, again, that word is shalom makers. Makers of shalom, meaning more than just a peace treaty, more than just a ceasefire, more than can't we all just get along speech. But literally, people that can change an atmosphere. They can take an environment and turn it from chaotic into calm. Jesus being a prime example when he spoke to the wind and to the waves and he muzzled them. He said, be quiet. And they obeyed him. He took chaos and brought shalom. He changed the atmosphere. He took that gathering demoniac who came running at him, screaming with a thousand voices coming out of them, begging him not to torment them. And he told him to be quiet, and he cast them out of the man. He turned chaos into shalom. He took the house of Lazarus when Lazarus was in his tomb, dead for days, to the point that he was stinking. And he called Lazarus out from the grave, and Lazarus was resurrected. And he took chaos and brought shalom. Jesus was saying that we were going to be shalom makers, and because of our making shalom, we would be known as children of God. <laughs> well, if you can do that, that's probably a very good title, a child of God, because it takes God to make that kind of shalom. That kind of healing, that kind of environment, that kind of taking chaos and making sense out of it, more than making sense out of it, turning it into something that's creative and calm, where it was once chaos. Okay, go ahead, pilgrim, try that on your own. (laughs) Even with 10,000 brilliant minds, peace treaties can't be made that can actually solve the issue of conflict because there's something at play that needs to be addressed and it is something that's addressed when we bring and make shalom and the only way to make shalom is to have shalom and the only way to have shalom is for God to give it to us and the only way for God to give it to us is when we have relationship with him. It doesn't come by studying about him. It doesn't come by osmosis. It comes by him imparting to us his life and we receiving it and us giving us his life and he receives it. It's a covenant of love. Powerful, 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 powerful reality. The new covenant, the covenant of covenants, the covenant that sits on top of all the other covenants is this covenant of love, covenant of grace, the new covenant in the blood and body of Jesus Christ, the covenant. (sighs) And part of the motivating factor that can't be addressed by just having peace treaties or ceasefires or saying, can't we all just get along? Or having a divorce court where we just have a civil way of doing things. That's not... Shalom. And that's not what Jesus is talking about when he's talking about peace making. He's talking about shalom, changing the environment literally, even the environment where people are sick in their bodies, because that sickness in the body creates an environment. When that air is changed, when the kingdom is administered in its fullness, in its glory, in its power, and when the Lord decides he wants to do that periodically because he is showing us that is what we are going to be living for eternity in, but here it is right now, a taste. What is eliminated is this thing called worry. Worry. Worry is the anticipation and the planning for something bad to happen. That's what creates that anxiety inside. There are three big enemies that war inside of all of us. There's more, but these three are going to be highlighted. They are worry, fear, and unbelief. Worry, fear, and unbelief. Create within us anxiety that causes us to do things that are very destructive. They actually motivate us to hurt people, ourselves included. Worry, the anticipation of something bad. Oh, I just know that it's going to happen. I know, I just know when they call, they're going to fire me. I just know it. And that's 10 days before anything happens. Worry. It creates sickness in our bodies. It creates pressure. It causes people to abuse people. It causes leaders to abuse people. It causes husbands to punch their wives. It causes mothers to scream at their children. It causes children to be in rebellion. It causes neighbors to fight. It causes people within a city to turn into a gang. It's all based on worry the anticipation of something bad happening. And when someone can bring shalom and put an end to that worry, a legitimate end to the worry, wow. You can actually see abuse in a home come to an end when there is an implementation of shalom because worry is weaker than peace. But peace has to be administered and received. We can have a bag of seeds and a empty lawn and we don't get grass unless we plant the seeds. Same thing goes with us having shalom. We don't receive it unless we accept it and we allow God to plant it in us. Worry, the anticipation of something bad happening. It motivates people to do harsh, hard, difficult things. It motivates people to hurt themselves and one another. Worry causes people to have ulcers, high blood pressure, stroke. It causes people to have things go on in their relationships that are damaging People say things out of worry that they never would have said unless they were worrying. But things come out of our mouth and it's like toothpaste. Once it's out of the toothpaste tube, you can't put it back in. Worry. Worry that has that sense of just absolute intoxicating twisting ability because somehow we think there's by doing it we just might be able to prevent that bad from happening or we can prepare ourselves for it however what it does is it produces an environment That is suffocating. It chokes out life. Worry leads to fear. Fear leads to unbelief. Unbelief hardens our hearts because it's easier to have a hard heart than to believe something where there's a potential of being let down. It's easier to have a hard heart, so we think, than to have a heart that's tender that leaves us vulnerable to being hurt if we're let down. But it's a lie. Unbelief, a hard heart, leads to death. Not only death physically, but death relationally. Death when it comes to vocations. Unbelief crowds out life. And life is the sustaining force by which we live. Man doesn't live by bread alone. We live by the virtue of every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Because that's life. Life comes out of the mouth of God. Praise God. And that life is shalom. Peace. Calm. Where you don't worry. See, I can't believe I worry. I, I mean, I live a life of worry. I don't know what I would do without worrying. I would. What would I do with all the time that I have on my hands without worrying? How about enjoying life? Like being at peace and actually enjoying the fact that things are going okay. Not anticipating something bad is going to happen down the road eventually. Eventually it's going to go bad. I just know it. Ah, uh, can't be good. It's too good to be true. How many of us have worried ourselves sick? How many of us have worried relationships sick? How many have worried ourselves into a place of fear? How many have been so fearful that we don't want to feel that fear anymore, so we choose to be unbelievers? We just don't believe. Willfully do not believe, no way. Hard heart. Verses a heart that's tender, a heart that's pure heart that can see, perceive, know experience, relate to God, and have Shalom freedom from fear and the presence of a person It's just not a vacuum where we are free from anxiety, and then there's nothing that place is filled with the presence, and that's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit literally fills us up. What do we do with all the time that we used to invest in worrying? We live. We actually get to live and enjoy life, enjoy the things we do, Not do them just so that something bad won't happen. But we do them because they're good. Because they're life-giving. Because their source is life and they give more life. Life is multiplied by what we do because that's just the way it is. Kingdom style. Kingdom of God way. The absence of worry is the presence of peace. The presence of peace is the presence of God. The presence of God is the ultimate of all. His presence is our reward. If you've not known the presence of God, this doesn't make any sense at all. But if you have tasted and you know that the Lord is good, this makes more than sense. This is like more, Lord. I want more of you. That's my ongoing prayer. I'm a 63-year-old man. That's my ongoing prayer. More, Lord. More of you. Yes, I know it's going to cost me my ego. My ego hasn't served me right anyway. Take it all, Lord. I know that you have me in your heart. I know that I'm alive. I know that I'm not going to cease to exist and become a empty tube that you flow through but lord more of you i know what i can do i want to see what you can do i know who i am i want to see who you are that stuff right there and that doesn't come because of worry that comes because of peace worry stops it from happening because fear stops it from happening because unbelief stops that from happening Peace creates the environment for that to happen. That's why Jesus would put that kind of commotion out of the room when it came to healings. There were times where he would have the people that were making all that commotion, he'd ask them to leave because there was just too much commotion, too much stuff going on in the air, not peace. Peace was necessary because shalom is the environment that miracles, signs, and wonders happen in not in a big sideshow where there's a bunch of commotion going on and we whip people into a frenzy. That is nothing more than that, whipping people up into a frenzy. And it doesn't last long. It might generate some money and some excitement, but afterwards it usually leaves people heartsick and disillusioned. Whereas peace, something done in a solid atmosphere of peace, is enduring. It has endurance because it was born in peace, not in hype. We don't need to hype one another up. Being excited is wonderful, but being stirred into a frenzy is nothing more than emotionalism. And it is ultimately damaging, but being excited and dancing and singing and praising God at the top of our lungs and with everything we have. Praise God, yes. When that's coming from the heart and not as a result of us being whipped up into an ecstatic frenzy and we call that being filled with the Holy Spirit, that's nothing more than being whipped up into an ecstatic frenzy. And that's what the heathen do. But peace, peace can be excited, but it's peace because it has the inner strength and stability and self-control. Not being a control freak, but having self-control. Knowing how to function, but letting go and letting God demonstrate what his kingdom's all about. <laughs> you say, that sounds like you're contradicting yourself. Being in control but letting go? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what, That's it right there. Being in control, and letting go. <laughs> Don't worry. Shalom. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your shalom, for your peace for your power, for your presence, for your reality, for your kingdom, Lord. Father, demonstrate your kingdom and the things that please you. Lord, demonstrate them here on earth as they are being demonstrated in heaven. And we thank you for giving us everything that we need. Everything that comes out from your mouth is what we need and we thank you for it, Lord. We walk together with you because you have designed it that way and I am along with others, worship you as a result of your great goodness, your tender mercies, your loving kindness, just God really for your presence, for who you are. We honor you. We bless you. And we speak shalom. Where there's worry, we speak shalom. We call shalom into being. We fill the air with praises, not worry, not songs, of worry, but songs of praise, Lord. We honor you. We bless you. We say, blessed be the name of the Lord. And we speak these things in the name of Yeshua, Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen, amen. All right, folks. I love you. If you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, please feel free to drop us a line at Fire at gmail.com. We will get back in touch with you. If you have any other needs, yeah, man, please just drop them in there. And uh, once again, it's fire at gmail.com. Sometimes we like to surprise someone and pay an electric bill or something like that. <laughs> if you have something that's going on that we can help out with, let us know. Uh, in the meantime, God bless you. Adios, amigos.